0: Climbers, the five-day Facebook ads challenge for artists is coming back this July 18th, 2022. This is where you give me one hour a day for five days in a row and live... I share with you a $5,000 education on Facebook ads for less than $2 a day for $9 and 97 cents total. You just need to click the link in the show notes to register for this event. The sooner the better because it will sell out. Once again, this is Facebook ads, the platform. This is a skill set that's going to transform your career forever and is Arguably the most important tool that all artists and labels, including major labels, will use to promote their artists to new eyeballs in the new music business. It's $5,000 worth education. You can get it this July 18th for less than $2 a day, a total of $9.97. Click the link in the show notes. Sign up today. We'll see you on July 18th. Hey, climbers. Artists ask me all the time, like, what kind of promotion is the best kind of promotion for their artist career for their artist release and where should they allocate the budget exactly that's what we're going to get into today welcome to the this is a show dedicated to helping singers songwriters and indie artists like you Create leverage in the music business. Leverage is absolutely 150,000% what it's going to take to move your career forward in today's music industry. You will not be plucked from obscurity and made famous or made successful, whatever that means to you as a songwriter or an artist, because you have great talent. You're going to have to bring a little bit more to the table now, which maybe sucks for you because you have to do a little bit more work, but it's great because you don't need any anybody's permission. That's why we called it The Climb. C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a brilliant Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Had a couple gospel, Southern gospel number ones in the last eighteen to twenty-four months, so he's still making miracles happen, still churning out the hits. And uh, the reason I love Brent Baxter the most is the reason you should too, and that's because he helps songwriters like you. Turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he connects you with the pros to create the relationships. Because at the end of the day, when you're competitive, it now it boils down to the relationships. It's not enough that the songs you write and the demos you have are good enough for the radio. Now you got to have the relationships to make it all happen. So you can re- find Brent very easily at Song once again that's songwritingpro.com
1: and i would like to introduce you to my co-host johnny twinell johnny owns daredevil production how long have i been saying this long time easy for you to say yes daredevil production they're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data i haven't talked much this morning yet if you're an artist looking to increase your streams and blow up your video views sell more live show tickets and get discovered by new fans tv and music industry pros then daredevil production can help Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is
0: no other. Johnny D. What's up, brother? Let's talk about money. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about money. <laughs> Let's talk about money, baby. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that I see. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about money. Oh, but this is the
1: music business, Johnny. We don't need, it's not about money. It's about my art and my craft, right? If I just record it, all I need is a recording budget, right? That's all I need.
0: Right. So, you know, today we're going to get into some, just some, I'm going to share a little bit of some promotional strategies that I'm using with uh, an artist that we're working with now, Rick Monroe. And the purpose of this is to, not for you to copy it. Although maybe some of the techniques should be copied Mm -hmm. for your specific situation. But I just want you to see how I'm thinking about it. My, this sounds so vague. And I think some people get so frustrated with it, Brent, like, because it's like, no, I just want the answer. Right. And the answer is, it's like, the answer is it's not because I don't want to tell you, you know what I mean? It's like when you pay me, right. I give you a fish. (laughs) Right. Right and 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 the only reason I can do that is because I have to take all this time to dig in, look up under the hood, and figure out what friggin fish to give you, right you know mm-hmm. so the best most valuable thing that I can bequeath to the climb listeners, what I can give you the most that will serve you the best is not a fish it's trying to constantly teach you how to fish, yeah, hey, here's how I go fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. These are the things I'm thinking about that help my artists because it's always different. But if you see if you see it from thirty thousand feet, I, I think it helps you make. My hope would be that it just would trigger some sort of intuition. It would instill some intuition mm-hmm. to say, you know what? Like I don't know why, but that feels like maybe not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I we think should. It,
1: it's about instilling principles right? Yeah. So I was actually just reading in the book, effortless and fundamental. Yeah. I was reading in the book, effortless this morning by Greg McEwen. He's a guy that also did essentialism. So I was reading that on the treadmill this morning. And what he talked about was learning and there's linear learning. And then there's like, you know, effortless or residual learning. And says so he says, you know, basically in this context, Hey, if Johnny tells you run this kind of ad. Well, then you run that kind of ad, but you don't understand the principle behind it. If you learn the principle behind it, you can apply that principle, that truth, that underlying foundation, as you said, to many different problems, many different opportunities, many different ad sets, that sort of thing. So the principles yeah. are much higher leverage. Uh, that's a word that we like here. If you understand the principles, if you just understand, do this, why? I don't understand why. We'll just do this. And the next time you encounter that problem... Well, I tried that same thing. It didn't work. Well, it's because you didn't understand the principle
0: behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's more principles. Exactly. And then I think with the principle, too, it, it serves you in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Number one, is a DIY artist, you have very limited finances, a very limited budget, where, you know, what is the goal that you really want to achieve? And how do you get there with this budget? Or how do you move the needle, at least, mm-hmm. with the budget that you have? And then two... As they start to say yes, and you start to climb up the ladder and escalate, Mm -hmm. maybe you get to a position where it's going to be somebody else's money, but it's still your money. Right. So if you're one of those artists that, and this is a very, I mean, in multi-million dollar brand names, I can break it down to two kinds of artists. The artists who know how to sign their own checks Mm -hmm. and know what's going on in their business. These are the successful artists that Mm -hmm. make a and I'm talking like financially successful artists. Mm-hmm. And then there's an the artist that you know and love who have no idea what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And these artists are, they're making, you know, they'll be able to make a living for the rest of their lives if they got enough hits, but it's really sad. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder because they don't, they just weren't there to make any decision. They understood zero principles. They didn't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. And unless... And this is extremely rare. This is like finding a unicorn that you know farts gold dust, unless they have actually have a person who's beside them that has their best interest in mind mm-hmm. for years and decades. Some you know, someone can come and take it, man. Yeah. You know, a fool and his money are soon parted. That's right. There it is. But these principles will help guide you to spending somebody else's money in the very best way where you have to have a backbone and say, no, that's not going to work. We got to do it this way. And, and you can make, you know, the argument and, and try to, and sometimes you can't do it because at the end of the day, golden rule applies. Right. Man with the gold makes the rule, mm-hmm. right? That's right. You know, sometimes if, if you can speak in logic, like, Hey, this is your money and I'm really concerned about your money because it's also my career. Right. Can we at least consider what I'm telling you right now and hear the principles why? Mm-hmm. And then you know back to the principles thing. So there we go. But before we get into that, let's take care of a little business. Join the climb community on facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And I have to go check that. I haven't checked that in probably a week or two. So there might be some people yeah. a little disgruntled waiting to get in. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get you in. But actually, by the time this airs, you'll all be in. So it's okay. This is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians connecting, supporting each other, helping each other out. And we want you to be a part of it. This is a place where you can talk about your wins, talk about your gigs, talk about your releases, ask questions about marketing, promotion that are specific to what you're doing, and get some real. Solid feedback from people that have been there, done that. Hey, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. Our songwriters are getting connected, creating co writes, getting syncs, getting cuts it's just a lot going on in this community. It's small, but mighty. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes, it is. And and there's- And we want to hear about all that stuff. Just put it in the right place. It's all we ask. It's simple. Just put it in the right place. There is a post every week to put your gigs in. There is a post every week to put your wins in there. You know, it's like there's a post every week to put your music in. So don't spray and pray in the main feed. If you're going to be on the main feed, you have to add value to the whole community. Correct. Right. And we want that to happen too. bring him some bring something funny, bring something entertaining, bring something cool. I put. Did you see the latest post I put in there, by the way?
1: Oh, was it that music video? Harry Styles? Yeah, dude, it was freaking so fascinating. I haven't watched the video yet, but I saw that you posted it.
0: It's so fascinating to watch. Basically, James Corden and him, instead of doing carpool karaoke. They're like, we're going to go make a music video of $300. And we're going to do it in three hours. And they, and they do it in some random's house. Huh. So there's knocking on doors in New York. And it's like, hey, can we come in? And, and you know, uh, sure. And, and so they go in there. And, and, and you just kind of see, like, behind the scenes how they're putting this, how James Corden's putting it together. Mm-hmm. And you see him shoot all this weird stuff. And it's like, it just looks so, totally ridiculous. But then it's how he did his next video. Huh. Right. This is like how Harry Styles really did like his next video for this song called I think it's called Twilight. And then they show you the video and it's like, whoa, that looks really cool. And they did it with a for next to nothing. You know what I mean? So it's just like so in three hour and I just thought this is so clever to teach people like, Mm -hmm. see, you can do this. You just have to be creative. Yeah. It's all about being creative. They didn't have a multi-million dollar lighting set or a director. It's James Corden for crying out loud. Yeah. But he did some cool stuff. I'm going to steal from him, you know, like (laughs) some cool technique stuff. It's interesting. So cool. Anyway, I just, I just thought it was fast. It's like 17 minutes because they show like the making of and then they show the video. It's really I thought it was riveting. I thought it was a brilliant idea. But. That's awesome. Anyway, we got some new wins. Yes, we have
1: some new wins. So every third or every Wednesday we post the new heights and we encourage you to, to share your wins below the music related wins as a comment below. So we all know where the party is. We can go and high five each other. I uh, just going to share a couple of these because there are always more than we have time to share, which is awesome. But here's one from June Biancalana. Says, uh, first of all, her her name is a win. But also, as she says, a song for my The Sand Spiders collab was just selected via Broad Jam for a sports licensing opportunity. Yay! So nice. yay! I say yay right back to you. That's awesome, June. So good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Hope that goes well. Um, and climber Sunday Joe Graham says that uh, she is ranked in the top 25 for the NSAI chapter challenge. And a shout out to Tracy Collins Richardson for rocking the list too. So we had two climbers in the top 25 of the NSA chapter challenge. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what all that is, but I know it's good. And so we have other wins in there and people high-fiving each other. So it's just, that's where the party be.
0: That's cool. I need to go. I need to go love on some of those posts. Heck yeah. I've been so, like my, uh, my promoter, client like came on board all pistons uh, firing this month which is awesome but also like holy crap i'm so far behind i think i'm winning the race bro
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah exactly
0: but we're doing show like we're doing some shows for the oakridge boys for tg shepherd again for paul thorn i mean we got some it's it's cool man it's it's super super fun so join the climb community make sure that you leave a rating and review tell a friend about it Mm-hmm. Tell a friend about the podcast. If you're getting value out of this, let them know too. They're gonna get value as well, right? That's what we do. That's
1: right. I mean, there's a on probably on your phone, your podcast app, there's a little thing where you can just hit a
0: share button and then you can just send text your friends a link right there. Yeah. That's right. And you can save it or follow it or or subscribe to it, I think. It depends on the platform you're on, but mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's get into this. So I'm constantly watching artists, labels, management companies exhaust their artist budgets, paying for certain kinds of promotion that don't that doesn't get the job done, mm-hmm. and whether that means the promotion strategy is possibly flawed, if it means that the promotion strategy is specifically or situationally flawed. Mm-hmm. Because of the lack of budget or the budget size that they have. You know, maybe this is a solid promotion strategy for a million bucks. But when you have 20000 for your promotion budget, it doesn't work. You know? Right. So I thought I'd share some real-time strategies, some bobs and weaves, some zigs and zags about an artist release promotion campaign that we have and, and that we're currently in the middle of. And and not even we're not even to the middle of it yet. We're just... 25% of the way in. Mm-hmm. But before that, I want to give you some principles, just reacquaint you with some of the principles, and then we're going to kind of apply them to some of the decisions that we made. Okay. So it's kind of some real world right. stuff here. I think, first of all, too many artists just still don't friggin' think about promotion at all. Mm hmm. You know, you all feel like your job is done once you've finished recording the project and the creative artist part is finished. So now it's up to the promo team to get the ball into the end zone. Right. Yeah. Which is a bad premise to begin with if you're a major label artist. Yeah. And it's even more we damn ridiculous if you're a DIY artist because you are the promo team. All right. Right? So, you know, it couldn't be farther from the truth. On a major label, you are also the promotion team. It's your company. You're the president. The buck stops with you. It's maybe that money's not coming out of your account right now, but they're spending your money. And if they spend too much of it too quick and you're a debut artist, your career's done on that label. Mm-hmm. You need to be the one signing the checks. You need to be the one that's in charge. And that makes a difference. Just a quick example, I think of um, Bon Jovi. When they first came out, their first two records, they were letting the label promo team take care of the promo, which meant hiring the video directors and deciding what those music videos on MTV were going to look like. Mm -hmm. And guess what they look like? They were all like these cheesy conceptual interpretations of the song. The first one was Runaway, and if you listen to John Bon Jovi talk about it, and this, guess what? This is real-world stuff right here. Not only is the director getting paid to do the music video, but he also wants to put his daughter in the video.
1: <laughs> okay, of course.
0: Okay? So, of course, the director's really wants to do this because he's got an agenda on top of the fact that he's getting paid. Maybe not necessarily serving the artist, and so that's Certainly one of their cheesier videos, but for the first two records, Mm -hmm. this is what happened. And then the band just decided, hey, this is our career. We're going to tell the director what we want, Mm -hmm. and we're going to pick the director. And essentially, we're a live band, so we want to create videos based around our live performances. Mm -hmm. And that all coincided with the third release, and guess what? Boom, that was the biggie, right? Slippery and wet. Yep, Slippery and Wet. But look at all those videos from Slippery and Wet and everything that came after that. You don't see any conceptual videos from Bon Jovi after that because they're like, we're a live band. Make us look cool live. Okay. And that's what they did. Yeah. And that's what worked. Why? Because it came from the band. It came from the artist, you know? So after you're finished recording and you're mixing, your your job is actually just getting started. I think all climbers should know by now that the label will give an artist only 5% of the budget for that project to make the record and they're going to allocate 95% of the budget to promotion. But remember, that's not just money. That's 95% of their time, their energy, their blood, sweat, and tears too. everyone is spending Mm -hmm. 95% of the effort on the project, promoting it, not making it. Mm -hmm. So you're only just getting started. So to look at this through the appropriate lens and I, I hate to have to bring this up and to do it in this manner, but it really is best to look at your artist career like a uh, gasp, like running a business. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) once you finish creating and manufacturing your product, now you're a carpenter. You've only just begun. (laughs) Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need distribution, marketing, promotion, brand collaborations, etc. If you have the greatest widget in the world that will change everybody's lives forever, nobody's going to buy it until they know it exists, and what's it going to take to get them to know that it exists? That's the question, right? Mm-hmm. So Proof in the pudding again, despite what you may think of Guns N' Roses. You can't argue to this day. They still have the best-selling debut release of all time in the record industry. However, their debut effort, Appetite for Destruction, was a stiff for a full year after its release. Why? Because Geffen Records couldn't manage to get the single on radio or the video onto MTV for a full year. Let me imagine that.
1: Guns freaking Roses.
0: Imagine that, right? Guns and roses. I know. And nobody knows about it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to see it from this angle, right? Yeah. Another way to put that is that Geffen couldn't manage to achieve any kind of market penetration whatsoever mm-hmm. for that first year. Now, I know a lot of artists feel in your heart that if you just got on a tour, if you could get out in front of enough people and get on a tour, that the world would change and everyone would want to listen to your music after seeing your incredible live show one time. hmm Right? And don't get me wrong. Touring's important. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely important. So this is not a black or white, on or off, right or wrong thing. It is nuanced. But here's the nuance. You know, Guns N' Roses, after they released Appetite for Destruction in that year that the album was as stiff, they went on tour. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With Aerosmith, mm. which was arguably the biggest tour of 1987. I saw them on that tour. Yeah, They were freaking amazing on that tour. I did buy that record. I can't remember if I bought it after seeing them on tour or not. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely in the minority. Yeah, right. That tour is only good for 60,000 records, which is not enough to keep your major label record deal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the market penetration happened that... Guns N' Roses began to break. And so market penetration happens to reach and frequency. In order for GNR to achieve market penetration, they needed the Welcome to the Jungle video to be put on MTV and on the radio where the rotational format, a.k.a. the repetition, a.k.a. the frequency, happens. Mm -hmm. And the repetition ensured that the vast majority of the rock and roll masses Heard that song enough times. I'm going to say that again. Heard that song enough times I just heard that song. for it to sink in and take hold. Yeah. The repetition ensured market penetration. And this, listen, this is going to piss some of you off, but this is just the reality of it. And I think if you understand the reality of the principle, again, you can scale this down and be very, very intentional on how you select where to spend money promoting. Okay, so last October, I was at a huge digital marketing conference in Orlando and arguably one of the greatest marketers on the planet was being interviewed, a a gentleman by the name of Dan Kennedy, Mm -hmm. who is a serial entrepreneur. Many books are out. He is one of those guys that you pay five hundred thousand dollars to come in and tell you how to change six words in your copy and then you make 10 million on your product because he knows what he's doing. Right. Yeah. And this one statement hit me right between the eyes. He said that it doesn't matter how good the products are. So let's just assume we've got two, three, four, five amazing products that will change the world forever. It's the company with the most ad spend. That's always going to win. Hmm. So whoever spends the most on advertising will sell the most products, plain and simple end of story. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. Because there, what happens when you spend the most on advertising, you have the most repetition. Mm
2: Right.
0: Right. So now, I think to artists listening to our voices here, Brent, this is like blasphemy. Oh, it's all about the money, blah, blah, blah. It should be about the art, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or they're thinking, well, forget that. I'm out. I don't have any money. So what am I doing? Right. Right. Yeah. It's over before it begins. Well, listen, I, there's hope here. OK, but it just, you have to be judicious with your budget. You have to be a good steward of your budget. With the transparency of business in the 2020s, and the ability to collect mission critical data from your prospects mm-hmm. as well as your customers, and the decentralization of marketing via social media, so you don't need anybody's permission to get a fan base, and very very soon, it's I mean it's happening right now. The decentralization of revenue streams via Web 3.0, which is also called blockchain. Mm-hmm it continues to become increasingly easier for artists to make a good living doing what they love to do. And I mean a good living, like the kind where you can own, you know, a six figure living, you can own a house, two car garage, 2.4 children, put them through college, go on vacations, all that kind of stuff. You can make a regular living doing what you love to do. Nice, But like the rest of the world and all your favorite iconic artists who made you want to become an artist, you'll need to be a good business person mm-hmm. or you need to be associated with somebody who's a good business person. Maybe it's somebody yeah. else in your band, mm-hmm. know your role and figure it out. So what's the best way for you, right? There's no clear paved pathway that everyone can walk on. And I feel like maybe radio when it was working back in the old day, kind of looked like that. hmm in its heyday and in some ways it was because it was a dependable staple to be sure but it was dependable so long as you were on it (laughs) yeah not every artist came out of the box with the debut record got two singles on the air from that first record went and made a second record got two or three singles from that that were constantly being spun and then it's not always the way that it works. Sometimes there was again, bobs and weaves and Mm -hmm. zigs and zags they had to do because radio wasn't exactly there for them right then. Right. Or maybe it took a lot longer to get that particular single on the radio. So some momentum went away and you have to kind of surf on a surfboard. Right. Mm -hmm. So radio was extremely important. Don't get me wrong, but it was one cog and I would say like maybe the foundation of market penetration in a, Big machine that needs to break artists, especially artists who didn't get all their songs on radio. So a couple of places I see artists spending their money that where it doesn't work. Okay. All right. So let's cover this and I'm gonna kinda of tell you some of the things that we're doing with Rick Monroe. All right, does it make sense? It makes sense. Dive into some fails. Yeah. So especially for and this is becoming fails even for major label artists now too, not for nothing. Mm. First one. Is radio. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I am not against radio. Mm -hmm. I am not against radio. I am not against radio. But you have to know how radio works and when it will work for you. Mm -hmm. And how it will work for you. So there's a lot of nuances, a lot of facets, a lot of ins and outs, a lot of what have yous, you know? Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, this is a very, very expensive bucket list item for an artist. Mm-hmm. I want to hear my song on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've always dreamed about that. That's what they want. Results mm-hmm. be damned. Right. They've got to go spend some idiot tax there mm-hmm. first, to, and especially indie artists, right? Yeah. So in order for radio to work when it used to work, you just needed to have enough money to achieve market penetration. Right? If you don't have enough money to do it, then a couple spins aren't going to do the trick, man. You know? Yeah. It's gone. So you get to hear your song on the radio, but it, are you selling more tickets? Are you getting more streams? Are you selling records? Are you selling more merch? Mm-hmm. No. Right? So most artists don't have that kind of money, so they buy what they can. That's mm-hmm. the next thing. Why? Because the number one goal is the bucket list. Right. Not promotion for the business. Mm-hmm. It's I've got to scratch this itch right here because I've always wanted to do it.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to say no okay. to.
0: So, uh, so let's just break this down just some co- on a cost level, right? Like anything else, there's different levels of radio promotion services that you can buy. All right. When you're talking about a major label and it depends on the genre and the reason it depends on the genre with cost is because the most popular genre means that the most amount of stations in the country are on that format. In this mm. case, that would be country music, right? Mm-hmm. Back in my, when I was coming up as an artist, it was rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So getting an effective radio promotion is, is going to be in the neighborhood of, in, in country music right now, 500000 to a million dollars per song. Ooh. For the life of that single. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're saying, okay, well, that's only going to happen on a major label. That's right. But it's still your money. Right. Brent, you and I both know boatloads of artists who are two or were, let's say, Mm -hmm. two or three singles into their debut release, which is to say two two and a half to three million Mm dollars in to promotion. And if the needle didn't move, if it didn't catch on, they're they're done. Yeah. So now you don't get any more money. The question is, did they bless you by dropping you from the label? (laughs) <laughs> or no. Because I also know another handful of artists who had to spend every last penny they had to borrow from their grandma and their uncle and their parents mm-hmm. to get the money to be, to hire a lawyer to get them out of the deal. Yeah. That's not going to give them any more money. Right.
1: But they're still in the deal.
0: Right. Right. But they're, yeah, but they're on the shelf. They're on ice, right? So they're not, they're not getting promoted. Exactly. They're being ignored, but the label just doesn't want to deal with letting them go for whatever reason. Right. Mm-hmm. So on the more indie level, the highest sort of level company is going to be the kind of companies that promote to the billboard indicator activator stations mm-hmm. that are they're secondary markets, but larger secondary markets. And these companies are going to charge anywhere from thirty grand to $100,000 for the life of a single. Mm-hmm. One of my former artists recently worked with one of those companies. They got to number 46 on Billboard's Hot Country Singles chart. Ooh. So do they deliver? Yeah, they do. hmm Randy Barber, who's a friend of the show and, you know, dear friend of mine. I work with Randy a lot. He was one of the best secondary radio promoters in music, for the music row stations. And he could get you in the top 30 on the music row charts. But you got to pay for that. He's going to be one of the more expensive guys, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, second tier there, right? So he's a boutique company and his business approach was few clients, but we're going to work the fire out of these clients on radio, which is why it costs so much more. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have, he's got two different people doing the heavy lifting on the campaigns, getting you out to the stations and it's going to run you about 18,500 bucks for the life of the single.
2: Yeah.
0: Then there's mid-level companies that are going to charge about half of that. Their business models, you know, so 7500 for the life of a single. And their business model is based around volume, right? So they're going to work 50 singles at the same time. Yeah. They can't possibly give each of those singles enough attention, but they do get them on the radio and deliver what they say they're going to deliver. And you're lucky to say maybe get into the top 80 or the top 60. Yeah, right?
1: It's hard for them to get all 50 in the top 40 at the same time. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll never happen just from the sheer value. That's a good point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got 50 and they're all going to get to the top 40.
0: Yeah. And you see, this is just like any other business, right? And then there's bottom feeders too. So there's some, the, the low level stuff where they're going to charge, it's one person and they're going to, they have a, a relationship at a few stations, right? Not mm-hmm. all of the stations in the secondary market. They're going to charge about 2,500 bucks for the life of the single. And I'm, so I'm talking like, this is separate from Texas. Okay. Texas is its own planet. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you're lucky to with something like that. You're lucky to get into the top 100 on the music road charts because that one person can't possibly do. There's not enough hours in the day for that person to call all the stations and they don't have relationships with all the stations that would be necessary to add you to the playlist Mm -hmm. to get you past that number on the chart to get you more spins. Yeah. Right. So basically with the exception of the, you know, the top two tiers, you're getting some exposure with radio, you got to get some spins in some markets, but it's not enough to create the market penetration mm-hmm. unless you're really, 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 really in there and, and that money is flowing, man. Yeah. So it's important to note that super expensive number 46 that I told you about with one of my former clients on the indicator activator billboard chart translated to somewhere between about 2,000 to 5,000 more streams on Spotify.
1: So like three bucks? No.
0: Yeah. So, is the juice worth the squeeze? Something. Yeah. To say I'm on Billboard 46, nobody cares, right? Yeah. It's like, what's your streams at? And this artist is doing. She's got a couple songs in there with over a hundred thousand streams, barely. Mm-hmm. Low over a hundred thousand streams, right? Mm-hmm. Five thousand monthly listeners mm-hmm. on Spotify. If you remember our previous conversations um, with. Uh, that new Spotify chart, right? Like that, she doesn't even qualify to be an an aspiring, professionally aspiring artist. Yeah. Uh, Because she doesn't have, she's not popular enough to have 10,000 monthly listeners Mm yet. So it's also important to notice when you're considering spending your budget on radio that you have a romance with radio because it used to be the vehicle that made new, unknown artists like you popular. Mm -hmm. And now, whether it's primary market radio, P1 radio, which is $500,000 to a million dollars per single, or whether it's indicator activator stations or the secondary market stations, all of those, the whole gamut, you have to prove that you're popular enough to get on the radio. Mm Mm-hmm. Let that sink in, right? It's reversed. That's right. Yeah, it's reversed. So it's not a tastemaker anymore, y'all. Is radio good? Yeah, it amplifies a big brand name and makes it bigger. Mm Mm-hmm but it does not launch artists anymore. And if it did, and if there's a way to make it happen, you probably don't have enough money to do it. That's right. You probably don't have enough money to do it. Um, PR, you have to remember that a good publicist has relationships with tons of different magazines, TV shows, et cetera, at the national level, the regional level and the local level. Mm -hmm. Relationships are great, but you have to remember that as an artist, you still have to be newsworthy, to win this coveted space that you're trying to get on the air or in those magazines. Yeah. And your debut release is usually not news. It's definitely not news. Unless you have built an incredible audience. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's definitely not news unless you
1: have Harry Styles duetting with you yeah. on it or producing it or bringing in buddies to be guest spots on it or whatever. It's just, yeah. I mean, everybody's releasing music. It makes me so special.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, you great minds, Brent. That's exactly it. Unless you've built an incredible audience or you're tied to somebody who's newsworthy. Mm-hmm. And and i got news for you. Well, labels can make you newsworthy because so much of the content in those magazines is coming from those labels. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get... You're going to lean towards newsworthy, but you, I can't tell you how many times I've had artists who've released something from a, a huge producer, mm-hmm. a well-known producer, but producers aren't front-facing to the market. Right. They're more... You your know, average fan doesn't know who produced the record. Exactly. You do, because you're an artist. Yeah. So that's not a brand name that that you can hit your wagon to and move forward. Like radio promotion, PR services are tiered. Your highest level PR companies that work with the biggies won't even take you on unless you've amassed enough of an audience to be newsworthy because Mm -hmm. they know they can't help you. Right. They take your money, but that's about it. Yeah. And they won't. Those highest level PR companies are not shakedowns. Yeah, they just won't. I can't help you. Like you got all the money in the world, I can't help you. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're we're you're gonna pay us this, and what we're gonna be able to deliver is next to nothing because we still have to have something worthy of being in that magazine, right? Kind of like you know, when can stone. an
1: artist get a manager? When there's something to manage? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. So the next level of PR is going to run around 2,500 bucks a month and usually you've got to commit to a time, like a minimum time, like three to six months mm-hmm. and you'll get some press, but you're going to get it at the lowest level platforms. Most of the time, almost all of the time that I've had this, by the way, these lowest level platform magazines that you get on, my artists have more social media than the frickin' magazine does. <laughs> yeah. That's the fricking truth or, or the video promotion or the, the channel the channel mm-hmm. the video channel on cable deep Kid. well it 's awesome no they're in you know they 're in fifteen million homes that 's great, but nobody 's frigging watching it yeah. or or if they are th- nobody 's working the, the social media from the channel position because they think they 're broadcast right yeah. mm-hmm. it 's it's strange, but then there 's a bargain basement PR firms that'll run you a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks a month, and you 're not going to get into Rolling Stone or taste a country with these firms but. Here's the thing. Even if you did get the cover of Rolling Stone, you'd be my hero. You'd be, you know, dream of mine forever. Mm-hmm. You'd probably score probably worth twenty to 50,000 streams maybe, but then you disappear into obscurity. Once again, it won't break you. right? So forget about a little piece in the back of Rolling Stone, or I'm talking about the cover of Rolling Stone. <laughs> All right. Not enough to create market penetration. So you have to understand that PR works far better PR is worth the money when it's piggybacked on a strategy that's delivering repetition for market penetration, Mm -hmm. like a radio campaign, or if you're on regular rotation on MTV or CMT back in the day when they played music videos, or you're on a big tour, right? Or you're running a digital campaign that's creating, you're constantly in somebody's face, right? Yeah. And then the the third thing that I just see artists waste money on, and this is going to sound absolutely counterintuitive to you, but it's the record.
1: (laughs) Explain yourself, sir.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what my dream has always been? To make a CD, okay? Mm -hmm. But no, is, is that really the dream? Or is the dream to be an artist and to have songs that people, you move people with, right? Yeah. So they spend... They get a halfway decent producer. They're going to go spend 20, 30 grand or more on a record, on a 12-song album, and that's the budget. Mm-hmm. 100% of the budget's on the record. No budget for marketing. Yeah. Right? So let's talk about what Rick Monroe did here. You so know, Rick that's Monroe kind of like got- saying, it's
1: kind of like saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out, I'm going to get all beefcake, I'm going to get ripped, and then that's going to help me get the girl of my dreams, but you never leave your house. You got your workout equipment at your house, you're working out and you're drinking your protein shakes and you look cut and that's awesome and you never leave your house. Right? Yeah. How are you going to meet her? Yeah. All product, no no promo.
0: Or you've got this walk on water product that's literally going to change the world forever and you spend your whole budget making the project and it's like, great, now what are you going to do? It's going to kick back and wait for people to come to the front door. Exactly. And how do they know where your front door is? They don't. Yeah. How do they know what you have? What is it? You know, like, it's hard. So what we did with Rick Monroe is something that I'm pretty sure very few artists have done. The promo strategy that we crafted was focused on market penetration above all else. Mm -hmm. So this means that we're definitely forsaking larger consumption numbers. Mm-hmm. which we could achieve by going to a wide release mm-hmm. in exchange for an attempt at market penetration. Okay. So with a wide release, uh, meaning we're going to go coast to coast mm-hmm. or even internationally, right? Like it's So it's like country rock, maybe almost Southern rock ish. Mm-hmm. Definitely got a very, very strong rock vibe, more rock than country, but country yeah he is uh, so i'm not talking about like brantley gilbert country but gosh i'm trying to think of an artist that maybe would be in in that well i'll t- I, 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 i'll make it clear like we just he just got a really big we just signed on and got a real big tour commitment oh, nice. from a rock artist i'll tell you about in a second here Ooh, okay cool yeah so when it comes to digital ads right like the the wide the wider the release if we go like United States, Canada, UK, or even just United States, we're going to reach, there's 10 times more people to reach than with a smaller market approach, right? Mm -hmm. And also, because of that same dynamic, because there's so many more feeds to reach that fall into this target, you're going to pay less for the ads, right? Because there's so much of bigger supply. So you're going to reach... Ten times more people for the same ad dollar. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So the budget's the budget. We're going to reach way more people if we go wide, which makes you think. Well, we should go wide. That's good. Yes. But however, the budget that we have, which is decent, right, mm-hmm. is uh, especially for an indie artist, we just wouldn't achieve market so penetration. they wouldn't make it past their shield. At all, there wouldn't enough people. A, a, a lot of people would be exposed to it, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't have the repetition. We don't have enough money to create the repetition. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. What the goal here was not just to get as much exposure as possible, but this is a touring artist. This is an artist who is like a, a sort of a top, like a like a. Like a low mid level artist that's at the glass ceiling, trying to break through to the mid mid level or the high mid level artist. Mm -hmm. This artist grosses maybe three four hundred grand a year. They they probably do one hundred fifty shows a year at least. Mm -hmm. They have a sponsorship from Monster Energy Drinks. I mean, this is an established artist, but yet they're still too small to get a like the level of booking agency that they need you know, okay. To really, really get their money up and to go to a seven figure artist, right. To do that kind of stuff. So initially what we did, we put the egos in check. Not that there's any egos in this band. I'm not saying that, but it's like, it's, it's artists want, it, it, they, we feel better. We have more validation if we have bigger numbers. Right. I mean, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so instead, instead of focusing on the biggest numbers possible, mm-hmm and being spread out, we concentrated on penetrating his five best markets where he has the best live draw Mm -hmm. and also gigs that were coming up in those specific markets during this strategy. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a four release strategy. We're releasing four different songs Mm -hmm. and we're releasing them six weeks apart. Okay. And each week we'll have a new piece of content that we're putting money behind to promote digitally. So that one is always going to be like the music video. One is always going to be the lyric video. And then there's four other weeks of content, right? Cool. Yeah. That, that means that in these five markets, we are going to consistently be putting out content into the feeds of people for 24 weeks straight. hmm and this will give us as much market penetration as his budget will allow and move the needle that will increase his live show draw and therefore his live show revenue. So there's the goal, right? Let's show that it can work. Like if we focus yeah. the budget on this and all of a sudden we go from making 2500 bucks a night at this bar to being able to sell it out and jack up our money mm-hmm. and maybe grow out of that bar into a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. Where now we can go into that market and make five grand a night. Yeah. That would be a, a byproduct of market penetration. Okay.
1: Yeah, so basically, you know, it's better to be famous in Cincinnati than it is to be not to be unknown.
0: Yet I've had my song spun all over the country. Well, for let's, I would say that you're absolutely right. And, with this suffix for this budget. Yes. Right? Like, no, it'd be better to be have market penetration in 80 markets. Well, that's we had, what I,
1: mean. I mean by being yeah. heard, but you didn't penetrate the market.
0: Right. So if he goes and we spend all this money and we go wide and let's say he gets two million streams on Spotify and let's say he gets Two million views on his on on YouTube and his channel blows up and gets like five million views added to it, but it's spread out over the whole country, over mo- or multiple countries. When he goes to Cincinnati, he's still making the same amount of money, right? It's not helping him, right? Like this isn't. It, so, so you see how the strategy is just a little different here. It seems mm-hmm. almost a little bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like, yeah, which is kind of why I just wanted to pound you over the head again with the principles that you've heard ad nauseum on our show. <laughs> yeah. But now here's how I'm kind of applying it. Right. So, um, so it's, you know, four release strategy, six weeks in between each release, five specific markets that he already does well. And he has gigs coming up in, in the next 24 weeks, mm-hmm. weekly content. And all of that weekly content always includes the hook in some way from the single that we are promoting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And we're and we're promoting that via paid ads and it's all video content. Okay. Yeah. So on the digital side, we we're manufacturing the repetition. We're manufacturing the frequency part of the of the reach and frequency basic equation of marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So I set up a custom audience in Facebook ads that retargets everybody who's watched 75% of any of his video content. Mm -hmm. Okay. So keeping in mind that geo targeting is specific to five markets. Mm -hmm. Okay. And whenever we push out even one piece of content, whether it's the music video, the lyric video, or some of this other content, somebody watches 75% of that. What does that mean? They were somewhat interested, right? Right. They liked it, right? Okay. So now every week I've got a budget to push out content. I'm allocating that budget based on, in this case, the the amount of people in these specific markets who watched at least 75% of this video. I am making sure that the next week, they're going to see the next piece of content because I'm paying to put it in their feed specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Part of the budget's always being spent on a cold audience. We're always reaching out to those five markets, to people who don't know him from a can of paint and we're putting something new in their feed because some of those audiences might stay cold until maybe, I don't know, uh, 12 weeks in all of a sudden they're like, this guy keeps popping up on my feed. I'm going to listen. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. Like, I keep seeing this, right? Or maybe one of their friends sees it and finally is like, dude, have you seen that Rick Monroe stuff? Why do I know that name? Because it keeps showing up on my feed. Oh, me too. Hold on a second. Like, oh, this is great. Dude, he's playing. You want to go check him out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go. The part of the budget that's spent on the warm audience is surgically targeted to those people who clearly like the content, at least at some point. Mm Right? Right. So we're manufacturing the repetition by paying to interrupt their experience on a digital platform to repeatedly put my artist's content in front of their eyes so that it's sort of behaving like the way that radio did Mm -hmm. in rotational format programming. And we're spending money to create the repetition with consumers who are liking the content, right? And because our budget is so small, this is how I'm guaranteeing that the people that liked it are seeing over and over and over and over the next piece of content that's coming out with the branding from my artist, with the hook in the background, and so on, right? hmm Today, when we're done recording this podcast, today we have another team meeting. The second release is about to come out. We're we're six weeks in. And they just picked up 17 dates on the Ted Nugent tour. Woo! Nice. All right. Yeah. So... Now you've heard me talk speak about before another artist about that, like how
1: what's happening? Uh, oh, talk about another artist that has one foot in in rock, but then also is country compatible. Right? Mm-hmm. So that seems like a good brand synergy there. Yeah, in
0: the sense that certainly t- the Nuge's uh, lifestyle is very country compatible, right? right? He can yep. disappear in the woods for six months, man, and take care of everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send With meat back money. to the family. A shotgun and some and some intelligence on how to survive, yeah you know? <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah now we have to reallocate some funds because we want to optimize this tour, but there's seventeen dates, but only two of them fall in our target markets, you know, okay, so if it was just a tour and we didn't have this sort of market penetration focus, I would probably say, Hey, let's spend a little bit of money on each one of these.' shows mm-hmm. because that'll be good for your brand and you know because obviously his brand's going to get better if he's associated with Ted Nugent right right mm-hmm. on that tour makes him seem more legit and it will you could in fact add a lot of benefit to the headliner right but mm-hmm. maybe we're going to out promote the promoter and we're going to start putting some butts and seats in there because People are going to find out that Ted Nugent's in town because of the advertising that we're doing with my artist. Right, makes sense. Most sure does. And that's a pretty good strategy. But if I do that, and it takes away from the next twelve weeks or eighteen weeks of of um market penetration, of those marketing five in these five markets. I we're not now we're going to go away from from that strategy of market penetration Mm -hmm. so what am i going to push for in this meeting i'm going to push for hey let's stay on track let's continue to put out this content i love that you got these dates and let's put some money reallocate some of the budget to put some money into these two markets where you're definitely going to see the needle move and let's see if the draws change after this in that Mm -hmm. specific market, because they've, there's already some railroad track in those market that's been laid down in terms of repetition. Right. Yeah. So it can be interesting to see how this turns out guys. But do you see like, where am I, how am I making these decisions? I'm making them based on the principles of number one, like how we started off this whole campaign and what we're trying to accomplish. And in this case, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to do the artist any good to scuttle the market penetration thing on those five markets and just promote mm. the Ted Nugent tour. Right. I don't think that's going to move the needle for him.
1: One thing I think would be interesting is a little bit of an experiment and it's not a statistically significant sample size, but to say, okay, well let's check our numbers at the two shows where you, like you said, you've already ra- laid down some railroad track versus the 15, 15- the, in places where you didn't. What are our numbers looking like? What are our merch sales? What are our just vibe of the show? Yeah. And, and that's what,
0: exactly, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we're right. going to do. And,
1: okay. That's, that's where the proof is in the pudding. If all the shows are flatlined, like the same, then you're like, oh, I don't know if this has really made a difference yet. Part of it is time, like the time, how much time you put in yep. and money. But the other thing. And, is, and so, and
0: so, yeah. So there's two sort of metrics, right? There's one like immediately after the show. Mm-hmm. Another one's like at the end of the whole campaign, are these two markets definitively better than Mm -hmm. the other three? Right. So that's interesting, right? But also, I think from a management perspective, this and I don't manage this artist. Okay, I'm just on board as a marketer, and this that's my role in this specific instance. But from a management perspective, I'm wondering, um, you know, when you have a plan like this in place and you got a budget and you're on a roll, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you choose on those shows what to do because you're paying to get on those shows you know mm-hmm. you're paying to get in front of somebody's audience and so hey let's take some shows that we can get that are in these specific markets and pass on the ones that aren't because while that's going to be fun it's going to scratch cool itch mm-hmm. and everything's going to happen you know and then of course there's other nuance right well maybe the shows and usually they're not but maybe the shows are less expensive if we buy some in 17 at a time kind of thing, as yeah. opposed to three or maybe they're not available if he poses some, if he only wants to do three right right yeah it, it depends but i just want you to see like we sort of you know we've got this plan we've got this north star and here's what we're sacrificing to try to achieve this so it doesn't what you think maybe you should be doing isn't necessarily always the right thing to do depending on what your goal is mm-hmm. you know what i mean and depending on what the budget so that's all i had to say about that
1: Cool. I think that's good stuff, man. It's again, it's there's only so much money, yeah. right? And so you want to make sure that every dollar, every dime, every nickel, every penny is spent as effectively as possible. Not just being yeah. busy, not just going. I spent the money. That's success. No, how well are you spending the money? Yeah,
0: exactly. And 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 did you know? Did the needle move? Like in my mind, right? If he starts to see the needle move, and they're selling more merch, and there's more people at the shows, and it's very clear that. They own the audience more Mm -hmm. than the club does. Yep. Then he's in a, guess what? Where do we get this word? He's got leverage.
1: Leverage. Exactly. And he's
0: going to be like, you know what? We're going to need a little more money now. Well, I don't think we can do that. Okay. We'll just play across the street.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to
0: be be combative. Mm Mm-hmm. You right. can just be like, well, I mean, I think maybe let's see what they'll give us. You know, I think we can do that. And then I was like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it worth? Because yeah. now, clearly, at that point, he's one of the premier bands there. He's one of the better money nights for that bar. Do they want to let that go for an extra five hundred or a thousand bucks? Right. Let's go find
1: out. It, it comes back to he who owns the traffic rules the road, right? Nice. So I like how you said it. who who owns the audience? Does the artist or does the club or does the venue? The venue owns the audience. Yeah then the artist doesn't have leverage. Like I want access to your audience, please. Exactly. If the artist owns the audience then the venue is like, I would like access to your audience, please.
0: Right. So these clubs, like we picked Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, and Myrtle beach, right? These clubs there, like if best case scenario by 18 weeks in, when he goes up to play a gig, if there's a line, if they sell out, mm-hmm. well, Okay. Now we're on to something because we're, mm. we're doing digital promotion, but it's fundamentally based on to the principles of market penetration and just constantly putting something that's really good in mm. front of some people who are probably going to like it yeah. until they respond, right? Right and then and then just over and over and over and over again but with cool content with mm-hmm. hey we're on tour with Ted Nugent hey we're playing they just did a festival they played with Queensryche. i mean they can kind of go all over the place you know what i mean
1: yeah and and kind of what you do is you start saving these five markets when that starts paying off you know because it looks exactly. like exactly and so and they looked, got Rizzo, they got a, a couple of one offs too it looks like when it starts paying off, then you have your coffers are filled up. You have some more money to play with now. Let's add a six market. Yeah. Oh, that's paying for itself. Or at least
0: you can see this light at the end of the tunnel, right? Well, it's well, like, saying, oh.
1: It should pay for itself and make you money, right? That's the point of marketing. And, and now you can expand and you can grow and you can go into more markets. And then next thing you know, boom.
0: Yes. Ultimately, yes. I don't know if... I mean, what we're going to find out is like... Using the strategy is I, I, what I ju- What I just don't know is, is, is how much does this budget, how much market penetration does the budget buy? Right. That's the only thing I don't know, but mm-hmm. I do know this. I, 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 I mean, I, you know, already right off the bat, you know, when you start day one, it's like, Oh, all of a sudden everything's up, all the engagements up, mm-hmm. everything's up. you're getting a lot more activity on the social media platforms and everything. Well, cause we're putting that ad in front of people right you know what i mean and they're they're seeing it and they're and they're responding to it right but it, it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see like how many of them will grow to know the brand right yeah. how you know mm-hmm. can we get that song pounded in their head can we you know the next song we have is already get, pre-save has been getting a really good response which is great it's a really good song he's also it's a co he, he did uh, a duet with Nappy Roots which is mm-hmm. a, a well-known major label artist so there's you know there's some prestige in Mm -hmm. there with that and the song the message is so good it's called common ground you know it's black Mm -hmm. guy and a white guy i mean come on it's so it's so good and maybe with the turmoil we're heading into here with the elections and stuff this will be the right message at the right time i don't know but we have been doing what we're supposed to be doing in terms of market penetration there so i think great things are going to happen. We'll keep you in touch sort of as this goes on, but I just wanted to give you some real world insight on how I'm making some decisions with somebody else's money so that hopefully this will help you make some better decisions with your money. Right? Awesome. Good stuff. There you go. All right, guys. Well, it brings us to the end of another killer climb episode. Join the climb community, leave a rating and review, tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing.
1: And we'll see you at the top.